Hey, I'm Eagle Play, and you're listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we talk about why Outbound will never be the same again, what's changed, and also why we still like it. Oh, that's such a nice beat. Good to be in the studio again. Yeah. It feels like a studio. Yeah, yeah. When do we have the, the soundproofing? It's and coming. It's coming. Uh, let's, let's wait go, for let's it. Let's go. There's a... Uh, just you know a little sheet and then a lot of buy buy links you know that we need to get through and then it's going to be uh the pleo <laughs> <laughs> exactly right let's go so you know uh while you were off on holiday and really enjoyed you know recharging the batteries i was working from home and um you know sometimes you really want to just sit have lunch no disturbances no interruptions so i i sat down and i you know switch switch off my phone uh shut down the laptop and just you know sat and relaxed and then there was uh, a ring on the door and i was like you know what i i can't be bothered even getting up right now i just don't like let me just sit relax and kept ringing at some point it also gets a bit awkward because you start thinking does the person know i'm here or what's what's going on and then it turned into a knocking and it got louder and louder. I was like, yeah, still not still not doing it. Uh, it's it's me time. Stop bothering me. And then uh, all of a sudden the door was busted open and this guy came in saying, you know, hope you don't mind the persistence, but did you get my email? <laughs> <laughs> and did you get so, it? <laughs> probably. I didn't read it. Yeah. But no, this was a you know, fun little uh, story I think Dave Gerhardt told on on LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really going to talk about how bond sales today. This is really disturbing the me time. And it's such a funny feel because either you really hate it and you have lots of examples of why, or actually you think it's a gold mine. So we're going to talk a bit about outbound today, specifically what's changed nice. or changing yep. and how companies can win. Let's go. So you've been you know, responsible for a lot of different fields, teams, so on, and B2B SaaS, outbound being one of them. And I think the first step is really to talk about why should companies prioritize or try out outbound? Yeah. So I think outbound is awesome. I also think marketing is awesome. I also think cool. upsell and partnership and all of that stuff. I think you shouldn't rule anything out just because it has a bad reputation. I think mm-hmm. that's already the bad start. I think the, the reason why... Why outbound is is interesting conceptually. Let's maybe start on that super high level. Mm. Is um, it really is demand generation? When you really think about it, it's not. You know, you're calling a bunch of people and they don't know you. They don't know about um, your solution. They don't maybe don't know about the problem. And you kind of educate them. Actually, you kind of tell them, hey, this is what's up and this is what's down. And uh, when you do that, you are doing exactly what demand generation is trying to achieve also. And you're doing this into a almost infinite TAM, right? It's not only the people that know about you already, which would otherwise go to Google or to review sites already. Those are really the folks that have no effing clue about you at all. Mm. You call them up and you, you know, there are millions, well, probably not millions, but thousands of those. Giving all of them a call will probably kind of help you, right? And the even cooler stuff about it is that you know one of the biggest drawbacks and flaws, well, not sure if you would call it a flaw, but issues, friction points of demand gen is the inability to attribute. 
You do a bunch of work, and yes, your direct and branded uh, traffic is increasing, and your demo requests are increasing, and your conversion rates and all of that stuff is great. But you can't really pinpoint to the CFO and say like, you know, this was this podcast episode over there, and this was this other thing over there. You will you will always struggle to do you know specific attribution yeah. and. Uh, and I sometimes joke and say you can buy five dream datas. It's still not going to fix that issue for you, right? Mm -hmm. However, when you use SDRs, and yes, all of this is also flawed. Don't get me wrong. But, hey, you know, yeah, that person placed that call. That person had a conversation. That person created the meeting. And then suddenly something closed. And you feel more like there's a direct attribution, which is still not 100% perfect. Mm. We all know that. Marketing also plays a big role in you know making sure that that happens in the end. But that is, for me, uh, really the point of doing Outbound, honestly. It's a, it's a really nicely scalable channel. It's also something where, you know, you can, you can create that spreadsheet and add those people in yeah. and you can feel, you can, you can see your way how money is going to come out of this. Uh, if you do the same exercise with marketing, for example, it it just it's not the same thing, mm. right? And I think this is where some of the uh, some of the excitement about outbound is coming from from those CFOs, from those CEOs, from uh, from a bunch of folks. And I share that, uh, but then yet again, only putting all of your efforts into one you know on one leg is also the wrong thing to do, right? But outbound is you know I like it as a tactic for yeah, sure. I think we've we've talked a lot about the the confidence level is a lot higher because you you have more control and more overview of the actual performance. But there's also the other side to your point, which is, hey, wouldn't it be great if they already knew you when you call? Mm -hmm. Then it's it's so much easier, that barrier and that cut through and, and the job of an SDR, or whatever you call it, mm -hmm. making that outbound call gets easier. So, so I totally agree there's a balance you need to strike. One doesn't rule out the other. And that's a totally, you know, separate episode we can mm -hmm. we can take in the future really how how can marketing help how can all the other departments help mm -hmm. we're going to focus on on outbound and we really like the let's say the predictability of it right you can spreadsheet a lot of the things out you know how many calls you mm -hmm. can make how many touch points yep. uh, meetings and so on right but there's also a lot that's happened over the last couple of years that's changed outbound mm -hmm. that we should talk a bit about and to your knowledge, like when, when you've worked with Outbound just five years ago, there was one distinct approach to book a meeting, right? But what's changed today? I would even go even further back than just the last five years, actually. I would, I would go almost to the, I don't want to call it the inception <laughs> of Outbound, but uh, basically Aaron Ross. Aaron Ross, Predictable Revenue, that's the book he wrote. And um, he developed that methodology, I'm not sure if he really is the guy that mm. figured it out, but it probably was around already then. But at least he wrote the book about it. Let's just say it like that. So um, he gets the credit. Attribution. Yeah. Right <laughs> <there>. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, I think he was at Salesforce. Uh, and back then at Salesforce, he basically created a list of 100 leads, then emailed them on a Monday, and then called through them throughout the rest of the week. And that was super successful. And then he built a team doing the same thing. And it was also super successful and totally worked. So we're talking, you know, early 2000s, by mm -hmm. the way. Yeah? If you today create a list of 100 leads, send them one email and then call them, it's, it's not going to be the same result. Let's, yeah. Let me tell you that, right? And I think these things just evolved over the last two decades, right? And I think on the one hand side, you have 
the 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 SDR teams, you know, ramping up and getting better and better and better and smarter, enabled by technology, enabled by uh, more data, enabled by just twenty years of experience mm -hmm. and experience inside sales managers and directors that know how this stuff works. But at the same time, you also have a shoring up of defenses on the other side. You have phone systems that tell you when there's an outbound call hitting you. You have Google and all the other email providers basically labeling, oh, this is spam. Mm. This is this is someone reaching out. This could be even this could even be uh, what is it called? This hook thing when this could be a scam kind of email, uh -huh, right? Yeah, yeah. Phishing, yeah. you have it. it you know, it, it basically, it's kind of making it much, much harder for you to actually break through, right? So yeah. you have those two defenses kind of building up. And I think I think this will probably continue indefinitely, actually. I, I don't think outbound will be declared dead anytime soon. I think no. that was said now 10 years ago and five years ago and still being said today. But I don't think that um, that will happen anytime soon, honestly. And, right. and when, when we started out with outbounds, I think it's also now 10 years ago. I think yeah. it's 10 years ago now. Actually. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, it was July 2.12 or something like that. <laughs> Crazy. Man, time flies. Time does fly. And the first time I saw it, I was like, come on. That's obviously not going to work. What, you're going to call a bunch of people and tell them, hey, I want to sell you something for 20,000 euros? And they say, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately trust you. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I was putting myself into that position. I was like, well, you know, would um, would I buy like this? Mm. And I was like, no, I wouldn't buy like this. It's totally stupid. But it does work. It really does work, right? And uh, and I think you know the the initial reaction of hey, that doesn't work. It's still there, but it still works though, right? So I don't know. Uh, I think it's also if that's your mindset that you know, hey, I hate outbound because I don't like being spammed, so we're never going to build this out in our company. Mm -hmm. That's a really bad way to make decisions, actually. You should at least try and remove, you know, that perception and try it out. Yeah. And then it can be that maybe it doesn't work for you for whatever reason, the ASPs doesn't justify it mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. but I, I think it's that applies not just to outbound, to, but to everything, because you said it before, you know, outbound has been labeled dead many times the same for email mm -hmm. same for search engine optimization yep. and guess what there are still people calling there are still people doing seo still people sending email marketing and it works but i think the way i would almost think about it is um let's just say on your website you have a couple of different ctas you have one cta that's sign up for the newsletter you have one cta that's start a trial and then you have one talk to sales mm. and all of these three things, they might work for different people at different places in their buying process. Yeah. And I think all of these different tactics that we're talking about and on the go-to-market side, they work for different kinds of people and you know, even sometimes in different points in their careers, sometimes in different points where they are sitting in the hierarchy, uh, sometimes different you know, points in their, in their buying cycle. Mm. And you want to actually try and deploy all of those different tactics in order to access all of the different people at the different time, right? And and outbound certainly has its point and it's its value. Just kind of, you know, building it in the right way and, and, and angling it in the right way, that just needs as much tweaking and work and thought as potentially all of your other marketing strategies and tactics, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's the same thing that, you know, the same energy that you need to put into it. Yeah. And I think it's also just, I think that's why it's important that we talk about the changes because if you don't, realize that things have changed you cannot adjust how you strategically go and execute mm -hmm. and if you don't do that you're going to be left behind mm -hmm. right so 
just a, just as an example, in marketing, there's a lot of talk about consumption of website. So specifically, if you look at Google Search, they've been really great at building currency conversion, find your flight. All, all these things are now being built in so you don't need to leave Google. Mm-hmm. And that creates a dilemma, obviously, for those marketers who wants to leverage that channel. And if you don't adapt, you're not going to be able to to extrapolate the value. And so let's maybe get into some of the things that's changed mm-hmm. specifically for outbound. Yeah. You, you talked a bit about on the defensive, there's a lot of tooling that's started to rise and certainly probably also for the offensive side outbound, there's new mechanisms and things that can be leveraged. Yeah. I think number one, as for many, many, many things, most of the basics are still the same. Mm. And, you know, we can, we can do an episode on uh, all the fantastic uh, new things that are happening and they're all exciting and, and so forth. But I do actually think uh, most of the basics, if you don't nail them, if you don't get them right, I think all of this uh, nicely you know, sprinkling on top kind of thing, it's not going to work out actually, mm-hmm. right? So I think number one, you know, getting uh, getting the right people in place, getting the right process in place, you know, making sure you have the ICP, reaching out to them in the right way, yada, yada, all of that stuff, you know, you need to get that right before any anything else, mm-hmm. right? And then... I think on the, you know, what what should be different is, um, yes, you will need to probably start using some of the tools that are out there simply to help your SDRs be quicker at what they otherwise would be doing anyway, right? And and l- big part of the SDR job, in my opinion, is actually, is actually research. Mm. Yeah, is actually trying to understand who is this, who is this potential buyer? Why is it a potential buyer? Uh, what might she be interested in? What is she thinking about? What is what are her problems right now? How can I break through right now? What what could be the hook here actually? Mm. And it's very similar to writing a LinkedIn post. You know what's what's the hook of my audience today? Yeah, you think about it and then you put it out and then you you maybe maybe it works. But this is really in a one to one kind of channel. And I think then the 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 last piece and this kind of the new cool chatter about outbound and in any kind of form is kind of this whole pattern interrupt yeah. idea. I'm not sure if you came across that already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really the, um, hey, let's, you know, you need to you need to do something, you need to say something that, it, you know, doesn't make you look like or doesn't directly identify yourself as a outbound kind yeah. of conversation. And it's not in a shady, hey, I don't want to show my true intent way. It's more in a, oh, I didn't expect that kind of way, right? And Many people are now kind of taking this concept and building it even into the cold call. You want to, uh, you know, the first thing you say, and you know, it's be the pattern interrupt, and then someone is like blocking away, and then you pattern interrupt again. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, everything is pattern interrupt these, these days. But, um, you know, those are, those are some of the newer tactics that are coming up. But I actually think, so p- pattern interrupt is a nice little hack, right? Mm-hmm. And, and probably it's always been yeah. something just has a little bit of a different flavor today. I think the research part, is where it gets really interesting, right? Because over the last couple of years, more and more data has become available, but people are also more actively promoting what they do. If you you talked about LinkedIn as an mm-hmm. example, right? And the other day I had a SDR cold email. And you know, I get a few a week and I instantly forget them. But this one I remember because he or she, I can't remember, clearly did their homework. He had been trolling my LinkedIn researching, you know, grow blocks as well to figure out what is it we do, what stage are we at. And 
he had basically taken a line from one of my posts, which was my, my hook in that post, and used it as his subject line. And this email was not the classic, you know, hey, he has a Google Doc where there's insert first name here, add a bit of personalization in this line, and then blast it out. Mm-hmm. No, he, had, he had tailored it for me specifically, right? And that's, I, I can't remember the last time I replied to an outbound email. It's been a, been a while, but I replied to that one. Mm. It was, unfortunately for him, a no, we're not interested at this stage. But I bet if he circles back in the future and it is the right time, then it's going to be very different. And, and I agree. And thinking this one step further, thinking about scaling something like that, mm. you know, all the, all the red alert lights go off, <laughs> like, oh, oh, how do you scale this? Right? That, that seems difficult. And the first step here is, okay, the, the kind of people we want to hire for that specific role, it's different from the, I'm going to make 50, 60, 70, 80 calls a day, yeah. and I'm cool with that. Yeah, And it's, it also puts way more pressure on the enablement side, on the onboarding side. Mm-hmm. Right? You, for, okay, let's just say you have a different kind of person sitting there now as yeah. an SDR, Maybe that is more research oriented. Maybe that is a bit more switched on in the market and the product and you know what the problems could be. But you still need to help them with, hey, this is those are the problems. Mm-hmm. This is the best approach. Um, this is the ICP. This is how you should go about it. And and this is how the ICP splits into its 10, 20, 30 different variants. I don't know. That mm-hmm. that might be a thing. And here is now a, a playbook how to approach it. And I think that is very, very different from Hey, here's the script. And by the way, scripts work. If anyone is, you know, oh no, scripts don't, you know, we're not robots. And, you know, we have kind of similar discussions also here at Roblox about some of these approaches. But scripts do work in in the beginning in terms of getting someone, you know, sounding very much onboarded very quickly. And then, you know, the script fades out. But basically in, in this newer world and this different approach, most of these scripts now, they're basically useless, mm-hmm. right? You can't, you can't create 50, 60 highly tailored scripts or anything. It doesn't work like this anymore. No. So you need to teach structure instead. And you need to teach, um, you know, you almost need to go in and have a, a, an inside sales manager or a coach that almost says like, okay, let's let's take this email here apart. Let's take this phone call apart. Yeah. Why did it not work? Hmm. Right? And and do learning through that. I think that that is just a completely different thing from, and by the way, I've been guilty of that myself of the, how many calls did you make today? Yeah. <laughs> I still love that question, by the way. Yeah. But it's, um, it's, it's just a different, it's a different thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're dealing, you should deal more with outcomes, right? That, that's ultimately what it is. And, and sure, the amount of calls is an input. But I, I, think, I think to your point, it's fair to say that starting with a script makes sense and then initially it fades out. Mm. And actually using the research as a way to cut through better. That's, that's the key. And at the end of the day, you want to create a dialogue. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just talk at people. You want to talk with them. Yes. And I'm, you know, maybe one thought on this whole input effort dilemma. I think it's totally worth it to have that conversation, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason here is if you are hitting your numbers, great. If you're not hitting your numbers, uh, the manager will have a conversation with you and he or she might be able to then point out and say, well, one of the things you can improve mm. is the number of calls, activities, emails, things you do in a day. Yeah. And I think that's totally fair. Paying someone or judging someone based on 
number of calls that they made, probably that's not the right approach. But completely shying away from using that as a thing that you know needs to be discussed between an individual and a manager, I think that's also wrong, right? And yes, I've been in that meeting and I've been the one saying it. Hey, you know, m- you know, meetings book this down across the board, and see there number of calls, number of dials is also down. I'm not saying it's a causation here, but it looks like a correlation. So please, dear inside sales manager, can you please pull up, pull up those calls? I'm sure the meetings will follow. And it's not, everyone knows it's not as simple as that, no. uh, but those two things are connected. Let's not forget about it. Mm. So it used to be easy, is almost what I'm hearing with Outbound, right? It's how many calls, here's a script, here's a process, easy. And now with all this availability of data and defensive mechanisms, things, things have started to change, Right you basically need to be more versatile. So I think what we should spend a bit of time discussing is knowing that these are some of the changes happening when you want to build out outbound, how should you adapt as a business? Because we're still, I think we're never married to a specific idea, but we do believe it's important to try things out and not worry about, can we scale it? You will figure that out, right? Mm. So how should businesses adapt to some of these changes we've talked about? Yeah. So number one, I don't think that I don't think that it has gotten harder necessarily. I hired like uh, VP marketing, VP sales types that are in their forties and you know maybe early fifties, and guess how they started their careers in sales? Mm. Not as an SDR because that concept wasn't around back then, but they did either door to door stuff, old school. That's yeah, really hard. Yeah, or they did. Uh, they had like this this style phone where you need to wear this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. You could just say a landline. Even then, yeah, yeah, we're way let's, back. Let's call it a landline. <laughs> but even worse, actually, they had to use uh, you know a public telephone booth because oh. they were kind of a merge between between door to door and phone, yeah. and they had to run around with basically a, a massive bag, really heavy of quarters. So this is in yeah. New York City. This is in the US because quarters is how you operated those those mm-hmm. phones, right? <laughs> yep. And honest, I'm sorry. You know, the, the, the sales and outbound job is not that tough actually no. anymore. It's it's tough in a different way, totally. But I'm just saying it's, you know, I think you, that's what, that's what I mean, right? You kind of have advances on the one side and then you also have advances on the other side. Yeah. And I think that that stays, stays the same throughout time, it feels like. Mm. I think the the way to adapt here is, number one, Figuring out what is it that actually works with your ICP and your buyer persona. I think this is, you know, number one and getting really clear about this is is is, is step one in this process. And I feel many, many people building outbound teams like skipping over that fact. Yeah. They're like, ah, you know, here's a phone, here's a lead list, go. And you can be super lucky, or you can just wait a long time and have some random person that you just hired off the street figure this all out for you mm. which i don't think uh, is actually fair to be honest this is a this is a thing that someone senior in the organization doesn't need to be the founder but someone senior in the organization needs to figure out for you right and and then the next step is maybe for some of those people uh, the old the old script works calling them just as much as possible you know i, I was uh, part of a, a hospitality smb and yeah, writing them emails wasn't a thing. Calling them was the thing. Yeah. 
And and then then that's maybe the channel that you should use, and then you should totally use it, and you should maybe do as many calls as you can per day, and then that's the strategy. So you're saying on the the basics you apply, you need to figure out what is at play, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And you know what that play could look like? What everyone is now saying doesn't work anymore for that specific buyer persona, for that vertical, for that you know mm. segment, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. So and 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 creating that clarity in your mind, I think that's that's really important. And then obviously trying to playbook it and then teach it to to the guys actually doing it. That's the important piece. And then, you know, number three, you might be running into the realization that with your specific buyer persona, let's just say sophisticated B2B marketeer in a, in a SaaS company, that the outbound call doesn't work, yeah. right? And then, you know, what's the playbook then, right? And and maybe instead of then hiring folks that are really good at placing 80, 90, 100 calls a day, or dials actually, attempts, it's attempts by the way, that's that's the number, it's not actual calls, maybe then, you know, they need to almost be more like in uh, a mini LinkedIn influencer, mm. right? Maybe maybe this is almost what, what those folks then uh, maybe need to do in order to attract someone like yourself mm. and be interesting for what you do, right? And, and sure, they will still be able to use email and phone and all of those supportive, supplementive yep. uh, channels. But the starting point might be somewhere different. In your case, it might be LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, and and I think, you know, those kind of adaptations, that that's really what you need to think about. This is such a great example, right? Because I saw on a, I'm not going to name the community, but there was a community where there was a sales channel. And they talked about, hey, after you connect with someone on LinkedIn, how long do you usually wait to reach out with an email. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> because to your point, you're absolutely right. If you're actually, if you're building up your profile as an SDR on LinkedIn, consistently sharing advice and connect with your ICP. Number one, they will see that and you will start building up trust, but you can also start engaging with them, which is going to be way more powerful. So I think if you did that consistently for a month with someone who is your ICP and then go and reach out, because you believe now potentially it's relevant based on the research, mm -hmm. you're going to cut through way better. I think so too. It's whenever, I, you know, I, for, for Growblocks, for example, mm -hmm. let's just say we have five SDRs. I think that strategy is totally going to work, totally going to do that. But then you think, okay, um, and maybe that's not Growblocks, maybe that's one of our customers. We need 100 or 200 SDRs. Is that strategy going to work for that kind of scale? Mm -hmm. And I'm not so sure about it. I think I think it could, but it will require like something completely different. Yeah. And um, and I think you know once you're that scale anyway, I think what we in our little LinkedIn echo chamber and B2B SaaS echo chamber are forgetting about are the 95% of other people uh, that are not on that platform that are not active as we are mm. um, that sit in normal jobs where the phone still works. By the way. Yeah. And it's um. Again, right? You need to adapt. You need to figure out what works for what buying persona. You need to be really thoughtful around that, and you need to help reduce all the uh, meaningless brain brain killing tasks that SDRs yeah. are having. And you need to enable them to do some more stuff. And by the way, they also want to do all of that stuff uh, while not forgetting about the basics. Because at the end of the day, yes, it is. I would still argue it is setting that meeting. It is creating this. Hey, someone needs to listen to me. Mm. or a sales rep for 30 minutes minimum in order to educate, in order to discover, in order to do whatever you're doing. 
uh, that is that still needs to be the outcome. Yeah, and I think one of the things you said earlier is also it, it almost changes the job, the jobs that exist within the organization, right? If you're sitting in revenue operations, if you have an SDR team that all of a sudden needs to do more research, it changes the whole enablement of mm -hmm. that team, right? Um, so I mean, it's it's a really hard job being in sales. I have tremendous respect for them, and. Um, you know, when you sit in marketing, you deal a lot in, in the clouds mm -hmm. and sales is really in the dirt. It's, are you reaching out? Are you being thoughtful in your approach? And you need to deal with rejection and, you know, marketing, it's, we work on a project two months later, then we'll know, <laughs> we'll know, right? So it's, it's a tough job. No, and I think what you're describing there is one of the biggest friction points between sales and marketing. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, totally different episode. <laughs> no, but uh, qu funny funny question, actually, before we before we uh, sign off here. Uh, where where should SDRs report into? Is it marketing or is it sales? Oh, I, I just, I, I'm not good enough, I think, at coaching and managing SDRs. So I think that will be really hard. Yeah. Um, it's, again, I think you really need to understand the job they perform. And if I were to manage an SDR myself, I actually would require myself to do some calls yeah. and I deal really poorly with rejection. That's it, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Well, that was good. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.